Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. This is Moving Up the Ladder, where we bring you experienced professionals with insight into helping you out, whether it's in your career or your business. And we're touching on a thought-provoking topic today, discussing essentially how in our professional lives, we can't really win, quote-unquote, without losing in some capacity. To help us gain a better understanding of all this and offer up some details, we have John Summers on the line. John is the president of Dry Steam, which is headquartered in Minnesota. John, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I guess I wanted to start here. You had written a piece actually talking about this. Um, where where did this all come from for yourself, this idea of uh, not being able to win without losing? Uh, give us a little bit of background possibly, and then we can get into some details going forward. Absolutely. So when I came to Dry Steam, it was about two years ago. And one of the primary drivers for my coming to be part of the team was to shift from what had been a fairly stable business culture to one of more oriented towards growth. Mm-hmm. So very intentionally going after growth as a strategy. And we recognized early on that we had to change some things about the culture itself and how the team interacted you know, across different divisions of the organization, those kinds of things, so that we could then get to the growth we were looking for. Well, it's interesting you, you bring that up. We just did a show talking about ideas of like fear of failure, that kind of thing. I sense that a lot of times with what you're talking about, you're coming into a place where it was stable and you're talking about growth. So change, essentially. I almost sense a fear of success in a way. Did you get that at all? Did you think that was something you were fighting against or maybe something that does exist in a lot of cases? Well, that was kind of the aha moment for us. (laughs) When you come in as a change agent, you recognize that fear, uncertainty, and doubt is kind of the norm as people think about, well, I'm not comfortable with different. I'm not comfortable with new. And so people are resistant to the change. Mm -hmm. It never really occurred to me that (laughs) people would be resistant to success. (laughs) You know, it was just one of those things that as we got through the implementation of several of the differences that have led to what really has been a prolonged period of success. We're we're a year and a half into record results. And the aha for us was it felt like everybody was happy that we were succeeding, but kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Hmm. Now, and I guess that's a good segue into this idea of loss when it comes to the business side or your own career. As you mentioned in that piece I referenced earlier, it's easy to see loss when literally, you know, maybe uh, you know, the success has gone down, productivity's down, somebody loses their job. It's easy to see that there's loss there. How do you wrap your head around the fact that you're losing something even when you're succeeding? Can you take us down that path a little bit? And obviously you were sort of referencing there with the the change that's occurred. Sure. Do we had a chance to listen to a speaker that our, our group brought in by the name of Maury Schechtman? And he's written quite a few books. He's chairman of his own organization that helps companies deal with culture shift and change. And his comment was, all change involves loss. Hmm. And it's, you know, whether it's positive change or negative change almost doesn't matter. It still means loss. And like you say, negative change, okay, that's easy to see. That's loss. But what he pointed out was, as you gain success, you end up giving up the familiar, you end up giving up the routine, you shift from what you knew and what you were comfortable with to, to new areas. And if it's in your career, you know, just as an example, maybe you, you lose peers as you go up the career ladder and they don't. And now 
they're in a different position with relation to your new job. Those kinds of things also represent a kind of a loss. Now, when it comes to that, for what you were doing there, is that something you had to proactively counteract in a way? Because you said people sort of felt like there was this looming danger behind them because they weren't used to this. So what do you do to sort of ensure that that's not a problem and people can enjoy the success and continue to to sort of move forward? Well, the connection that Dr. Sheckman made for us was loss by definition equals grief in some form. And grief sounds like a really strong word that we would reserve for, you know, the loss of a loved one. Right. But what he said was that same process for dealing with loss happens whether it's a big loss or a relatively small one. And he pointed to the kind of the five stages of the grieving process that Dr. Kubler-Ross came up with back in the 60s as the natural progression for employees dealing with change. Hmm. And did you witness that? I mean, with your employees, that this sort of process and, and maybe, I mean, do you have any details of, of what that looked like, felt like, sounded like? Absolutely. So the, the five stages, I'll just throw those out there. The acronym is known as DABDA or D-A-B-D-A. Right. And the stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then ultimately acceptance. And if you think about implementing change with an organization, you start with denial. Well, that's, that's an easy one. You'll hear employees say to you, oh, we tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> or, yeah, that, that can work other places, but not here. Right. And we, we experienced a lot of those kinds of responses as we implemented the change. And when you implement change in the face of those kinds of things, that makes an easy transition for folks to then anger. Mm-hmm. We told you it didn't work. We know we've got lots of years of experience. You're not listening anyway, and you get very real examples of anger, of frustration, not anger to the point of you know workplace incidents, but frustration on people's parts that they feel they're not being heard sure. or that their opinions are valued. Then when you get to that point, I mean, obviously bargaining is the next step. Is there something that correlates there when it comes to the workplace? Because clearly... You know, the people who are making the, the big decisions, you're going to implement what you need to, what you feel is going to be best for the organization. Is there some sort of bargaining stage or, or how would you phrase it maybe if it's a little bit different you know, in the workplace as opposed to dealing with, like, say, death? The response we got at that point, so you get through anger and people are starting to recognize, okay, we're doing this anyway. I have to get, I have to get involved with it, right. even if I'm not on board. And so a bargaining statement might sound like, well, you asked for 20 new leads from each salesperson. I don't think we can get there, but we can get to five new leads. <laughs> so you literally are bargaining about the, the results. Another way of bargaining is, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look like I'm going along, hmm. but in fact, I don't believe in it and I'm not really going to give it my all. Interesting. Well, that's like a bargain, but it's, it's a hidden bargain. Yeah. So how do you go about dealing with that? You know, and I'm asking as well for those listening that maybe have gone through this or they're witnessing this within their organization. It might not even be a, a big change um, that you guys maybe have gone through, but something process-oriented or how they handle a certain um, you know, situation. What would be your suggestion based on your experience of how you handle those employees or handle that as a whole? Well, one of the key things that Dr. Sheckman pointed out for our team here was you have to recognize that this process is almost inevitable. Okay. The goal is is to work people through the process rather than letting them get stuck at any point. 
If you have an employee get stuck at anger, as an example, that employee is never going to be able to deliver the kind of productivity and value that they really have in them. And so the goal is to help them move from stage to stage by continuing to work through the change. And at the bargaining point, as a management team, you have to make the decisions for what you're really looking for. And if the bargain is around, well, we can do half of that, but not all of that, Mm -hmm. as a management team, you've got to step in and say, okay, that's either acceptable and we can come to a middle ground or we're going to drive for what we said in the first place. Right. Now, another part that you had mentioned uh, in an article um, I found very intriguing was this idea of sort of celebrating as a group or celebrating these victories and success while some people might be in that bargaining or depression type stage. Because I've seen that personally with people who have lost their job and, and you almost feel uncomfortable talking about your own job or your own successes in some way. What's sort of the balance there of, of being able to I don't know, be sensitive to, to maybe the, the fact that these people feel lost in some way while you're trying to say, hey, we're, we're doing a lot of good things with our organization. One of the advices, one of the pieces of advice rather that we were given and that I would give to others is if you're going to talk about success, if you're going to point to the results as the valued outcome, you have to be willing to also talk about what you lost in the process. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes I threw into the article was originally attributed to the Dalai Lama, you know, judge your success by what you gave up in order to achieve it. For us as a company, we are growing. The business stream is very strong at this point. We're hiring people. Those are all very positive things if you look at them just from an outsider's view. Right. But along the way, they've also meant some very real losses for people here. And one of the things we did just recently was we had our entire manager's team. So if if someone reports to you, you're on the manager's team. Okay. Anybody that manages someone else, we all gathered together and we literally talked through, okay, here's where we said we were going. It looks like we got there in quite a few of the areas. What did we give up? Hmm. And we talked about, okay, I don't know everybody anymore. And I used to. We've actually lost some people. We've had people decide to go other places. And the kind of turnover that you expect in a healthy organization has happened here. That also includes bringing new people in. And now I have to meet somebody new. And that hasn't happened here in quite a while. Those are the kinds of losses that are very important to acknowledge because for that employee, it really is something that they miss. Now, if you were to have done this all over again, and and maybe you did do this from the beginning, do you prepare the employees for what might possibly occur? I mean, obviously, we're here, we're talking about at this stage, you're, you're trying to acknowledge, yeah, we, we've lost things, this has happened, you know, you, you might feel uncertain. But from the beginning, do you bring up that these are things that might occur? Or do you not even put that in their head? What would be your suggestion for if somebody is going to go through this big type of change? I would strongly recommend that you start this kind of communication as you start the changes. So one of the mistakes that I think has been made over the past is you always talk about the goal. Here's where we're headed. Here's the great promise on the other side. Sure. And it's not as often that people talk about, and it's going to be really hard, (laughs) and you're going to feel upset, and you might feel angry or rejected, and that's normal, and we're going to work through it. Now, do you see the biggest, I don't want to say negative, but maybe biggest concern is is simply the fact that there's an unknown? I mean, you talked about that all the success is going on and people are still feeling like, I don't know, something's going to happen. Something's going to something's gonna occur here that we're not used to. 
Is that almost the biggest fear people have is that they simply don't know? Or is there something else that seems to bog them down? I, I think it's a direct combination of that. And also, I want to cling to what I do know. Okay. And so I'm, I'm afraid of what I don't know because unknown very often leads to danger. Hmm. And, you know, we're wired as human beings from way back a long time ago that if you didn't know what it was, you'd better perceive it as danger. And people that didn't, we didn't have them as ancestors because they didn't live long. So we're just all kind of hardwired for unknown equals somehow danger. Right. So that's a piece of it. But the flip side of it is this has worked for me. I'm a talented professional. I've been here a long time. And this is what I did to equal success that we got in the past. Sure. You shouldn't discount that because quite honestly, that's another mistake I think new management teams make is that they somehow dismiss the results that came before they got there as, well, that's not what we think about going forward. When we're talking about, again, this idea of losing something whenever you're succeeding, whether it be in a business or your own career, you talk about the idea of keeping that, you know, being able to move forward. And, and that's where that sort of, you know, the five stages of grieving come into play and, and getting to that acceptance point. When, when do you feel or when did you feel a sense of acceptance from most of the organization, uh, nearly all of the employees. Was there something that really marked it for you? Or do you think you're still trying to reach that point? Give us a, a little picture so that we can possibly get an understanding of what acceptance would be like in a situation like this. One of the important things to remember is that acceptance doesn't necessarily mean agreement. Acceptance might mean, okay, I've got a bunch of choices I don't like, and I'm going to choose the one that is least objectionable. That is a form of acceptance. And most positive outcome is obviously, okay, I agree with what we got to. I think it's great. And we're going to move forward based on that. Well, somewhere in between there is usually how people end up perceiving change. And one of the hallmarks for us, you know, we've got some fairly easy, easy things for employees to latch onto. One is that here at Drysteam, we do profit sharing. Okay. And the profitability of the company went up quite nicely. And that <laughs> resulted in profit sharing that went up. That's pretty hard to point out and go, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, hard to complain there. <laughs> and that was one of the ahas for people that it made a tangible difference for them personally. Sure. And that was something that we took to heart. How can you do that when it's not about money? What can you do to walk through how to make a difference for a given employee or a team so that it has a personal impact for them, even when it's not about money? And we tried to be pretty intentional about some of those changes as well. Real world example, we have flex time here. And so one of the outcomes of increasing our efficiency was it afforded some teams the ability to flex who hadn't had that capacity in the past. That makes a personal difference for you as an employee, but it's, it's not just tied to money and profitability. I think that's a great example to bring up. I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And as you said, it's not that financial component that some people deem as important. But as we talk about a lot of our shows, that's often very low on the list of priorities for people. So I appreciate you bringing that aspect up. We are getting low on time here, but I really have uh, enjoyed the conversation. I think it's a fascinating subject to talk about, but I wanted to give you the floor here at the end, just to give our listeners something to latch onto at the end. If there's anything you thought needed to be emphasized, maybe we didn't touch on something specifically that you thought was important, but just something that's a, a nice wrap up for this conversation today. Well, one of the guiding principles that our managers here have is, as you think about culture change, 
you have to understand that patience is a requirement and you have to accept that people are going to constantly be working through to acceptance. So it's a constant process. It's not an event. And that's, that's what's guided us as we've moved through this. Very well put. On that note, we will have to close out this episode of Moving Up the Ladder. Our expert guest today has been John Summers. He's the president of Dry Steam. You can find them at drysteam.com. That's D-R-I-S-T-E-E-M.com. John, thanks again for your experience view on, as I said, a very intriguing subject and something obviously you've gone through personally. So I think uh, I think really great insight for our listeners. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. It was my pleasure. And as always, we do want you, the listeners, to give us your thoughts on this topic or maybe suggest a subject that you'd like us to cover. Just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com and let us know what you'd like to learn more about. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN. We'd love to hear from you there as well. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.